So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start this series called Back to Basics. And uh, like that scripture just said, you can't start anything with God without talking about faith. I mean, we're talking about believing in something that you can't see requires faith, right? And so to start a series about back to basics or looking at the, the fundamentals or Christianity 101, if you will, you have to talk about faith. Now, if I'm you sitting there, I'm going to go, uh, oh man, here we go. I've heard all the sermons on faith and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I always try to, especially being a church kid growing up in church, I always try to like prepare sermons and read things that look at things from a different angle. And so I hope I can do that this morning. But I guess my encouragement to you is, don't check out if you've heard a million sermons on faith. Like, let's try to look at it at a different angle. And then, because uh, it's the fundamental of everything in Christianity, if you will. So uh, obviously the cross and redemption is the core. But for us, as far as living it out in our life, it's impossible, uh, as that one commentary said, to have success in God uh, if we don't use faith. Amen. So Hebrews 11.6, I just read it, but we'll go through it one more time. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So like I said, that one commentary says, without faith, it's impossible to be successful with God. Hebrews 11.6 in the message version says, it's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. God cares enough to respond to you in your life, in your circumstances, in your struggle, in your pain, in your frustrations. God cares enough to respond to those if you put forth the effort in having faith towards him. Amen? Uh, I, one of the uh, sort of studies on the word here, it said, because, it said, because anyone who wants to approach God must believe, uh, one, of, one of the studies said it like this, but anyone who wants to engage God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those that seek him. It's really hard to engage something you don't believe in. You know, so, hey, God, I'm coming to you, but I don't believe, there's nothing. Now, somebody say, well, back up, hold on. I didn't believe in God, and then he showed up in my life, and he did this and whatever, but, but when he showed up in your life, you engaged him. You, you, you understood it. You responded to it. You had, so I'm not saying it's impossible for an atheist to have a God encounter. But in that moment, it was still an engagement that took place. So I just want to kind of clear that up. But uh, what it talks about here in our lives is, is this. It's the engagement. It's the, uh, it's the approaching that that scripture says of God. It's saying, God, I understand that you exist in your ways and your principles and all these things. And now I'm using some type of faith to participate in what that looks like in my life. Amen? And so for us, it's so important to know that Christianity and your walk with God, that faith is a requirement. And they say, oh, duh, of course we know it is. But the problem is culture has us keep dialing it back. Oh, no, no, don't, you know, don't talk about that so strongly. You know, more grace. You need more grace. You need more grace. Oh, don't, you know, don't put pressure on them and don't, don't make people feel guilty and don't make people feel like they have to, you know, use faith. And how many know what I'm talking about, right? There's these circles that keep trying to dial back things in God and you don't use your faith and don't do the, we need more grace and we need less faith. And the problem with that is Faith in what God is trying to do in our lives is not to harm us or to control us or to, I'm going to test you and see if you use your faith. 
those requirements of, hey, you got to grow. You got to use your faith. You got to do more. It's because God's trying to graduate you and elevate you in life. In, 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 my, in, my, in my life with my kids, so Caroline's two and a half and we're still doing potty training stuff. And uh, if my approach to her was like, oh, no, no, honey. Yeah, pee on the floor. It's fine. <laughs> you know, it's grace, grace. You don't have to grow up. You don't have to go to the next level. You don't, it's fine. Sure, use your hands when you eat. Just, yeah, well, I guess we use our hands when we eat. <laughs> I thought of it because last night I had uh, pasta and I gave her pasta and, and she ate it like this, just, just, and it was all over her face. I didn't give her a fork, which was probably my fail, but um, <laughs> possibly, but she ate. And in our house, that's victory. So it's like, hey, what do you want to do? Like, what's our night look like? Well, I'll come home and then we'll try to get Caroline to eat for about two and a half hours. And then when that's done, I guess it's bedtime. So, because uh, anyway, she doesn't eat because it's not sugary, and she's two and a half. So you take her fork away and just let her eat pasta with her hands. So anyway, bunny trail. So you get what I'm saying. People say, grace, grace. Oh, you just need grace. You just... And the problem is, if we make everything so nice, and we make everything so da da and it doesn't matter, and however you feel is okay, then nobody grows, and nobody graduates, and nobody gets into what God has actually called them to be. Somebody say amen. And so faith is part of that process. Use your faith. Trust God. Believe when you're uncomfortable. Caroline doesn't understand why we're trying to get her out of this process. She doesn't understand the, okay, and that's where we are in life. God, why am I going through this? Why are you calling me to trust you in this? Because when we get you through it, it's better on the other side, amen? And so faith is huge in our life, and unfortunately, culture is trying to get us to, to scale it back and just more grace and let them do what they want and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's just, it's a ripoff of where God's trying to take you. Faith is everything. And what I love about God is anytime he mentions something here, it's a lot of times he says, God says, do this, but don't do this. A lot of times operate in this, but don't let yourself operate in this. A lot of times he'll give you the opposite of it. Hey, I've called you to do this. It's really important that you walk this way because you don't want to end up walking this way all throughout scripture. He'll say this, but then he'll say, but don't fall into this. And so what we see in faith is coupled with fear. So, hey, operate in faith, operate in faith. And so a lot of times too, like one of the most powerful things you have as a Christian is prayer. So prayer life, our prayer life and our communication with God. And so what's the opposite of that? The opposite is not communicating with God. And so what does the enemy try to do in our life? He tries to make you so busy. And so the communication gets cut off and you don't have that relationship with God and you don't respond, you don't hear his voice and you don't read his word. Somebody say amen. And so we look at all, we always look at the backside. And so if it's like, hey, live a life of faith and trust God and believe more and do more, well, then what else does it say? It says, hey, don't get caught up living in a life of fear. And so what's interesting is a group like this, if we get together, a lot of us would like stick our chest out and like, I'm a faith person. I like, I like faith. I like to get into faith. But if we said, hey, how do you do with fear? Uh, not so good at breaking through fear. And, and that's okay. And here's one thing I want to throw out there. I grew up in a culture not put on by my parents. They're here, uh, right here in the second row. So I'm not, I don't want you to think when I say, oh, I grew up in a culture, then everyone looks at them. <laughs> I grew up in a church world culture that said, God has not given you a spirit of fear. And it was very like, I can't believe that you feel afraid. Ugh. And they jump on you as if like you should never have an emotion of fear. It should never even enter your brain. And so it was really like hidden to you. And we're going to take a look at scripture here that says this. We're called to be faith people, 
The opposite of that is when the enemy tries to put fear in your life. What do you do and how do you act when the two exist in your world? I want to have faith and I want to follow God, but I actually have a lot of fear right now. What do we do? What do we do in that? And so we're going to take a look at it right here because here's the truth. There's two kinds of fear. You have the fear that is like me. Uh, I'm afraid of heights, terribly afraid of heights. And my dad uh, is like, oh, you're afraid of heights? Get up on that roof and we're going to re-roof that roof and you'll be okay. <laughs> He's not that kind. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> true, true story because I have the time. Uh, my dad uh, is, is great and we're, I'm helping him flip houses and re-roof barns and stuff. And so I'm up on the roof. But I'm not kidding you. When I get on a roof or I get up somewhere high, I am not kidding you. My dad would tell you. So I have to get off the ladder, and I'm on the thing, and the ground is down there or whatever. And uh, I'm not kidding you. I'm like slithering down. Like, Dad, hold, hold me. Both hands. Like, where's the rope? Where's the rope? Why don't I have a rope? And I'm like telling mom to put hay underneath. Like, more hay. It's halfway up the barn in case I fall. It paralyzes me. It paralyzes. So I hate it. So I used to try to break through it. Oh, I'll go ride all the rides at Michigan Venture. I won't be afraid of heights anymore or whatever. And it didn't work. But that kind of fear doesn't keep me up at night. But it's fear, right? It's fear. It's fear. It exists in my life. I don't like heights. But I don't stay up at night going like, sure wish I could climb a ladder, you know. (laughs) But there's also times in my life where you have fears that do keep you up at night. And you have fears that, you know, am I going to be good enough? Are we going to be able to do this? And so, so there's two kinds of fears that operate in your life. And so it's interesting for us to, to know that you should try to navigate through both of those. Now, I, my prayer list does not include, God, help me overcome fear. Uh, maybe it should. I should. But, but uh, I'm talking about the kind of fear that, like, dominates your life, that, that stays in you. I don't want you to think about, you know, snakes and spiders. I want you to think about the things that you'd really love to go there. But you can't because you know when you get there, fear is going to meet you there and you'd rather stay away. Somebody say amen. You may have passions and desires. Boy, I'd really like to be able to that, but I can't because it'll be uncomfortable. And ultimately, I'll be operating in the unknown and I'm fearful of that. And so that's what I'm talking about today. So Psalm 56.3 says this, whenever I am afraid, I trust in you. You say, well, that's a pretty common thing. Here's what's amazing about this scripture with what I just shared about the way I grew up. It says, whenever I'm afraid, I'll trust in you. Faith and fear can exist at the same time in your life. People say, oh, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. And, da, da, da. and I agree with all of that. 100%, I agree. God is not giving you, it doesn't come from God. But if it is in your life, that doesn't mean you've messed up. We got beat on the head like, I can't believe you have fear. You know, you you weaselly little Christian, how'd you let fear come into your life? David said, when I am afraid, I trust in God. You can overcome fear with your faith. Those can exist. And I'll continue to prove it through scripture. So know in our minds that it's okay if fear comes at you, but you got to respond like David in faith. Fear can come, but faith needs to follow. Amen. It's not wrong to have fear. It's dangerous to let fear be the foundation of your decision or your reaction. Because worry is a down payment on a problem you may never have. Worry is a down payment on a problem you may never have. Uh, They always taught us when we were racing motorcycle dirt bikes, they say, hey, don't look at the thing that that you're trying not to hit. So you're coming around a turn and there's a tree or whatever. Don't look at that. Why? Because if you kind of put your eye on it, your, your dirt bike, you go to it subconsciously. And you see that all the time. You see a car went off the road and hit like a tree, one tree in the middle of the field. It's like somehow subconsciously, you know, you're trying not to, and then you hit it. 
And, uh, and that's how, like, our, that's how worry happens. We spend so much time in this fear. Oh, I don't want to become this. I don't want to become this. I don't want to be. Then boom, there you are. And it's because a lot of times when we spend so much time in fear and worry, you're basically putting that down payment on that thing in your life. Amen. So it is possible to have faith and fear at the same time. In the natural world, we do it all the time. How many of you have ever done something that's really daring or brave? Maybe you skydove or skydived or however you'd say it. And uh, you have that fear, that fear of adrenaline. Even sometimes in our dirt bike stuff is we'd get ready to do a jump we never did that we built and all this stuff. And so you're, you're afraid, you're nervous. You have this fear of like, you know, I hope I don't mess this up because it's going to hurt and all this stuff. And so, but then, but then you also have faith. I'm going to jump that thing. I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to, you know, whatever. And uh, it's possible. We do it in the natural world all the time. I have nerves and I have fear, but I'm going to, I'm going to overcome it anyway. And the reason I bring that point up is why is because the world is drawn to people who use their faith or their strength to overcome obstacles. So, wow, that's really impressive. You see what they did? They, they overcame this thing by being brave and by doing this. I believe if the church can be known for, wow, those people really walk into places that are scary or they're broken or they, and they just walk in there with faith and they, God uses them to overcome. What a testimony that would be to our world. Amen. Okay. You're with me. So in our life, it's important for us to know that fear is the opposite of faith. Anytime you feel fear, I'm nervous about this. I feel fear. Your quick reaction should be that 180. Okay. I feel it, but now I'm going to flip into prayer. Uh, we all know this. Franklin Roosevelt said, we have nothing to fear, but fear itself. Fear operating in our life should be the only thing that we really fear that way is because obviously everything I just shared, fear is a typical response to the unknown. Most of the time, fear in our life creeps in because it's a response. It's a typical natural response to the unknown. But what is faith? Faith should also be our response to what? The unknown. How is God going to work this out? How is God going to do this? The scripture says that we should have a peace that surpasses all understanding. That's the unknown. God, I don't know how it's going to work. God, I don't know what it's going to look like in the next five years. God, I don't know all these things. But instead of letting fear be our response to the unknown, we have to program ourselves to let faith be the response to the unknown. Amen? So we have to change that. We trust an unknown future to a known God. So when you talk about your future and your marriage and your parenting and your jobs and raising your kids and all of those things, we have to have this mindset of, God, I trust these unknown things to you, a known God. Now, here's the problem with our culture. I know I'm giving you just a lot of points, but here's the problem with our culture. We don't have faith in the known God because we don't have a good grip of what God is. So that's why we have a back to the basic series. It would be easier for us to go from fear to faith if we did a better job in our word in understanding the characteristics of God. It's easier to say, hey, I'm gonna trust an unknown future to a known God if you know God. And the, a lot of times we stay in fear and we operate not in faith is because we don't know enough about the God that we're trusting our unknown future to. Amen. So when we get up here and we say, we've got to be in the word and we got to worship and we got to be at church and all that kind of stuff. That's not because, uh, you know, I really want to make sure you're reading your Bible and doing your, you know, it's because I want you to be able to trust an unknown future to a known God in your life. Amen. So your reaction is to respond in faith and not fear. Amen. 
So Matthew chapter 14, story says that Jesus leaves the disciples. They were just in a place where all these miracles took place and signs and wonders and, and God shared a par- or Jesus shared a parable that was real eye-opening to them. And so if you will, uh, they just came from a, like, you know, a great time, a really high time uh, as the disciples in their time with Jesus. And so Jesus says, hey, I'm going to retreat. I'm going to go pray. I'm going to go spend some, some time to myself. You guys go ahead on the boat. You cross the lake. The disciples get on the boat. They cross. And of course, we pick up here in verse 25. It says, during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. So this is where Jesus is walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Now they just noticed, they just had a weekend, if you will. I don't know the the week span or whatever it was, but let's call it a weekend. They just had a great weekend with Jesus. All this stuff, all this wow, all this signs and wonders, supernatural. You'd think their faith would have been built really high after spending time with him. But in a moment, just like this, they see this and it says they were filled with fear and it said that, uh, that they cried out in fear. Why did they respond this way? Because it was the unknown. So there's this guy walking on water. This guy says, is it a ghost? Is it a what? So they have the unknown in their life. So I want you to catch this here in a minute. They have the unknown operating in their life. Now, obviously, if I'm Jesus, um, I'm, I'd be messing with them, right? Like you're making ghost noises, you know, you're like, you're really messing with them here, making it worse. But uh, it doesn't say that about Jesus, but we're made in his image and I have a sense of humor like that. So maybe, maybe he did, but he comes walking to him on the water and, uh, and in 20, verse 27, he says this. So this is critical. You got all the disciples, they're in fear. Jesus is walking on the water, which is a statement. The scripture says that later Jesus, at one point, he just, whoosh, like, they would call it time travel. Someone nowadays would call it time travel. But, but Jesus, there's one moment where you read in scripture where it says he went from here to there. So, so he could have just showed up at the boat. He didn't have to walk on the water. He was obviously setting them up for a story or a statement or an encounter with him. And so in verse 27, this is his response. A boat full of afraid people, his disciples, his guys, he shows up, they're full of fear after just coming out of miracles and supernatural, and now they're in a boat full of fear. And Jesus' response to them is, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. But notice Jesus didn't lash out and say the, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, you responded this way, off to hell, you know? He was like, hey, his response to them was, don't be not don't get afraid. He said, don't be afraid. He didn't rebuke them and say, don't ever get afraid. He said, don't be afraid. He said, take courage. So in our lives, again, when fear comes in, don't take that as a, oh, I'm a weakling. I don't have it all together. I'm not spiritually strong as I should be. You got to do what Jesus said to them. Hey, when you have fear, it said, don't be and take courage. Just take courage right there in that moment. Take courage. What does it mean to take courage? It means find your faith. Get some courage, find your faith, and change the way that you're feeling and thinking. Amen? Jesus tells them this. He says, change your mind is essentially what he's saying. Don't allow fear to dictate your life decisions. Sometimes you have to talk yourself into faith and out of fear. So he's saying, take courage. I know it's all really practical, and I'm glad you're taking notes. But it says, he's like, hey, take courage. Leave a place of fear take hold of courage, take hold of faith, and don't operate and make decisions out of that place of fear. Verse 28, this teaches us a lot about how to do it. Verse 28, it says this, his response, it says, Lord, if it is you, 
Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. What's basically happening? He's saying, I recognize I have a place of fear and I recognize that I need to grab faith and take courage, but that's not just enough to change my mind. I have to do what? Do something. I have to get out of the place that I'm at. I have to do something. I think a lot of Christians are good at, oh, I have fear. Oh, I found a couple Bible verses that make me feel full of faith. And then that's where you stay. We stay right there. And I don't think the enemy's afraid of that. Okay? I, I think, okay, you got out of fear and you got a couple scriptures that have inspired you, but we got to be a person that says, God, if that's where you're calling me to be, I have to take action and go to the place that you've called me to be. Somebody say amen. I need to get where you are. I can't be in fear. I need to get full of faith. Why? So that I can move to a place that's closer to you. Somebody say amen. I can't exist where I used to exist. I need to exist where you are. And so that's what he's saying in verse 28. Hey, tell me to come to you. When you hear from God, it pulls you out of faith or out of fear into faith. Verse 29, and then he says, come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. You will always in your life, if you hear anything I say today, hear this. You will always get to do the extraordinary when you react in faith over fear. Peter got to do the extraordinary in his life because his response was, I'm going to move away from fear and I'm going to step into a place of faith and I'm going to go to where God is. I'm going to go to where Jesus is, where I'm being led. You want to talk about back to the basics and being someone who's pleasing or has success with God? It's somebody who has that mindset. I'm leaving fear. I'm taking courage and grabbing hold of faith and I'm going to where Jesus is. And that allows God to do the extraordinary in our life. Amen. You want the extraordinary in your family and your finances in your job? Leave the fear, take hold of faith, and go to where God is in those moments of your life. Amen? Others miss the extraordinary because they stayed back in fear. Peter was one of only two people to walk on water because he chose to let faith determine his reaction, not fear. Peter was facing the unknown, but he was doing the extraordinary. In verse 30, it said, But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. What did he do? He took his eyes off where he was called to be in the faith that he was moving towards. I got my thing. I'm going towards God. What he did, he took his eyes off of being full of faith and, and walking towards what God has called him to. And he began to evaluate and measure the things around him. If God's going to give you the peace that surpasses all understanding, you have to give up the right to understand. So God, you've called me to this. You've called me to this and you're walking towards it. And I'm in faith and I'm going to where God's called me to. And then we take our eyes off it and we begin to go, Ooh, I don't know if this is going to work out over here. Those are big waves. We're running out of money. I got, didn't get the promotion. I thought the kids are acting crazy. We need to do this. And you start looking at all the other stuff instead of staying full of faith and keeping our eyes on God. And then what? He sank. And it happens to us all the time. It's one thing to move out of fear into faith. It's one thing to have scripture and you get inspired. And then it's another thing to take the step out of the boat. But the biggest thing is to be a finisher. Right. Too often churches and people, they've started great things. And that's why the scripture says, put your hand to the plow and don't look back. Why? Because we need to be a people who are finishers. Amen. We need to be a people who just don't have a bumper sticker about it. We got like some bloody scraped up elbows and knees about it. Somebody say, amen. Yeah. We need to be finishers and follow through type people. Verse 31, it says this, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Here's the best part about this story. 
is we would think, oh, he failed. Oh, he, now God's going to get him. Jesus is going to get him. The way I read this scripture is this. He went down. Scripture says he immediately picked him up and didn't say, why are you of little faith? It's like, man, why? Why did you do little faith there? You should have used your big boy faith pants. Like, well, you did the little boy faith. You're like, come on, you have the other ones. Why didn't you do the other ones? It was almost that positive, like, oh, you almost had it. I believe in you. So he said, why did you doubt? Why did you miss it? And then they climbed into the boat and the wind died down. There was no huge rebuke. Because why? Because God doesn't beat down people who try, who trust him and try and take steps out on the water and believe God with their best. He doesn't beat them down. He says, you got it next time. Let's get back to the boat. Let's go do this. And they walk back on the water towards the boat. Amen. I'll close with this. In your life, we have to be a people who try and who trust God and say, hey, it looks unstable. It looks unknown. It looks, I don't understand it. I don't know how it's all going to work, but I'm going to walk towards you. I'm going to walk towards you. I'm going to trust. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. And though I may sink at times, because we all have sinking times, know that Jesus immediately is going to reach out his hand to you. He's going to say, don't doubt. I'm not going to beat you up. Don't doubt. And so, hey, and then you have that moment of walking. I mean, right? Think about that. His buddies are still in the boat. And he gets to walk back to the boat, walking on water with Jesus. I mean, there was probably a selfie taken, right? Like, hey, Hashtag walking on water. (laughs) But in your life, you get to do the extraordinary. You get to have moments that others don't get to have when you trust God. That's how God's called us to live, out of the boat, walking in the extraordinary. Winston Churchill said this, fear and faith are two forces very similar and have the ability and power to create something out of nothing bringing into being that which does not exist. The devil can't create. The enemy can't create. Satan can't create. All he can do is twist what God created because God is the creator. So all the things that God said, that's good, that's good, that's good. If the enemy can twist those away from the way God designed it, then that's, that's all he has the power to do. So when God says, you can live a life of faith, the enemy said, oh, if I can get him to operate in fear, I know that both have the ability to create something that doesn't exist says now faith and you hope for and bringing into existence that which doesn't fear does the same thing it's that down payment and so in our lives you have to think if i'm staying in this place of fear i'm creating i'm allowing the enemy to create something in my life or if i stay in this place of faith i'm allowing god to create something that's going to be so great and so more than i could ever dream of i want to say this a mentor told me this For those of you that have been in faith for something for a really long time, I can't show you this in the Bible. This is literally just what a mentor said to me. You're waiting, you're waiting. God, where are you? Where are you? He told me this and it's helped me. So I hope it helps you. But again, I don't have scripture for this. He said, sometimes he believes or his philosophy or what he likes to think of is that the weight or the journey or the the distance, if you will, of your weight on the thing that you're believing for, the climb up the mountain, the reason it's so long is because the thing on the other side that he's building is so great, it's just taking that much time. So the journey a lot of times matches the beauty of the destination or the beauty of the thing that he's building. 
So I don't know what you're harvesting in the process. I don't know what God's making for you. I don't know when it's all done and the tears have dried and all this stuff. I, I don't know what it is or what it's going to look like, but I do resonate with that. And in, in times of my life, oh God, where are you? It's taking forever. Why? And then, oh, on the other side, oh, I see. I see you were doing that. That's where it takes faith to trust. You, you may have seen this floating around. But isn't it interesting that the scripture has 365 scriptures that say fear not or don't be afraid, which is one for every day, in case you didn't catch that. There's a scripture for every day that says do not fear or fear not or move from a place of fear. Because why? Because he wants you to get it. Don't live in a paid place of fear. Live in a place of faith because that's the way to be successful in the ways of God. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. He was in a place of fear and he used faith and the Lord delivered him. Don't be discouraged if you have moments of fear, but you have to react in faith. What does that mean? It means you pick up the phone and you call somebody who's going to encourage you. You email the church, you, you, you call for help, or you get into the word, or you put on a sermon, or you listen to some worship, and you get yourself out of that place of fear. Are you failing if it comes back? No, no, but don't put a down payment on that fear. You stay in that place of faith, because even though it says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears, God responds to you when you move in faith. Isaiah 41, 13, for I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand saying to you, fear not, for I will help you. I will help you. And I love this place too. It comes from the place of this. Hey, it, like literally by saying, I'll hold your right hand. My picture of this is this, like I would do with my daughter. She's going to go down the stairs. She's carrying her blankie and her Doc McStuffins and her doll and everything else she's trying to carry. Coming alongside and saying, whoa, 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 hold on, just say, hold on. Let me take your hand. I'll help you. Why? Because I know if I'm walking with you, this is going to end better for you. Same thing that God's saying to you is, hey, 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 fear not. Like, take my hand, let me walk with you because it'll end better for you. Amen? Hebrews 13, 6. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Or what can the culture or what can the structure of this world do to us when the Lord is our helper and we have no fear? Headlines are scary and ugly and really tough right now, right? It's like, sometimes I get really annoyed with the sound of cartoons in our house, but anything other than that gets really annoying really fast too, amen? <laughs> News and everything else. So what do we do? We know that the Lord is our helper and we're not gonna fear because there's nothing that culture can do to us. That's when the scripture's talking about resting in the shadows of the Almighty. He's talking about the day we live in, amen? Won't you stand to your feet? Don't you bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to be out of here in just a minute. But before we leave, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're in here, you say, man, Pastor Josh, I've never responded in a place of fear. I've never even made a decision to be a Christian or be a Christ follower or to try to walk in the ways of God. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to pray a prayer that I believe will change your life. Some people call it the sinner's prayer. Some people call it the prayer of salvation. But what it is, is it's you making a decision in your heart to make Jesus 
Lord of your life, to choose to make God who you make Lord of your life. And there's nothing spooky about it. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything like that, but right where you are, when I count to three, I'll have you raise your hand. And the scripture says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that your sins will be forgiven and Christianity, I shouldn't even say it like that, but heaven will be your home and you will be in the family of God is probably the best way to say that. You'll be what we would call a Christian or a Christ follower. But the bottom line is this, it's the prayer of salvation. It's you making a decision to be, hey, I'm gonna start following God. I'm gonna make changes in my life to make him Lord of my life. The beauty, like I just mentioned, is that's forgiveness of your sins and it's following him and heaven is your eternal home. So with nobody looking around, if you're in here and you say, yeah, today I wanna make that decision, will you pray for me? With nobody looking around, all you have to do is slip up your hand and I'll pray for you. Not gonna point you out or embarrass you or anything like that, but on three, if that's you, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Anybody in here? I see that hand, I see that. Anybody else? Yep, see that hand? Cool, right on. You have friends with you. We're believing with you. Anybody else? Right on. So here's what we're going to do. All of you that raised your hand, I'm going to have you repeat after me. But the cool thing is we're all going to repeat after it. So we're going to all do it together as one big family. But pray this out from your inside. Believe in your heart like that scripture says when you pray it. That change is going to come into your life. So let's say this. Say, God, today I choose you to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody clap your hands for them real good. Well done. One thing I really want to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer, there's, an, there's a card on your seat, and there's a spot in the back that said, I made a commitment for Christ or a recommitment for Christ. If you fill that card out, would you please leave it on your seat, drop it off at the coffee bar or the information center. We're not going to try to get you in a class or anything like that, nothing like that. Unless you check the box that says, I'd like a call from a pastor, uh, we, won't, we won't hassle you or anything like that. I just want to be praying for you this week. That's why I'm having you do that, is I feel uh, I know that you need uh, prayer this week as you made such a great decision. want to be able to encourage you through prayer. And then, of course, if you check the box, I'd love to call you too. So great decision. Appreciate you doing that. And um, I know there's great things ahead for you. My encouragement to you is uh, find a great church. Uh, we'd love it if it was this church, but if it's not this church, find another great church in town and stick with it and commit to it and uh, let God lead you in a life of faith. Amen. All right. For the rest of us, let's, let's pray out one more time before we leave for all of us. God, we love you so much. We thank you for your word. Lord, we're asking you this morning to help us be a people of faith, to help us turn the places of fear into places that we thrive in faith. Help us to be the people who get out of the boat and walk to where you are. Let us not put our eyes on the things around us that we try to calculate or evaluate. Lord, we want to live in a place of faith because we want to be people who do the extraordinary for your glory and not for our own. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody say amen.